0: Hello, and welcome to this download from Faber and Faber. My name is George Miller, and my guest today is Sam Taylor. Sam's third novel, The Island at the End of the World, is the story of a father and his three children living alone on an island after a great flood. The father has a fierce desire to protect his children from anything from what he calls the before world, but they inevitably are growing up and away from him. The story is told in three very different voices. which can thunder with Old Testament rage, the adolescent Alice's, shaped by her reading of Shakespeare, and the young boy Finn's, which is transcribed almost phonetically. Had it, I asked Sam, been a struggle to capture their voices on the page?
1: Not very much. No, I kind of I kind of knew what they would be like. I mean, certainly the the boy's voice, Finn's voice, I'd had an idea for quite a long time before. But Alice's voice again that that was it was kind of inspired by um, the second part of the sound of the fury by william faulkner which is is written in a very unusual style with with kind of his all his thoughts in italics and and the rest of it very plainly described and and yeah that was one of the, the models for that um but the both those voices came quite easily the father's voice i originally wrote that section differently and went back and rewrote it afterwards in a kind of in a fury, in a way. I wrote it very quickly, and I think that actually helped in terms of the way his voice comes across.
0: It's interesting you say in a fury, because one of the things that really stood out for me in the book was how well you write about anger, that, that sort of li- literal seeing red, that sort of seething rage. Tell me about, tell me about that experience. How did, you, <laughs> how did you get yourself into the right frame of mind in order to, to bring that off on the page?
1: It wasn't difficult, actually. I've, maybe I've got sort of hidden reserves of anger deep down, but... Um, I do have I do have a temper. I very rarely feel as as depressed as fearful as as furious as as the father in that book feels. But I think most of my books it's kind of tapping into emotions that you felt and then kind of just increasing the intensity of them and seeing where they go from that. It was actually yeah I enjoyed it I enjoyed, <laughs> I enjoyed looking at the world from that kind of um red-eyed perspective in a way you know
0: you can see the trajectory of his rage as it increases and it seemed to me as that happened biblical language became more pronounced his diction kind of changed and you got more capital letters and it then sort of sometimes sort of exploded into a mixture of biblical and profanity and that was kind of like the 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 peak of his of his anger
1: yeah i suppose it's slightly musical in a way that it's kind of you know there's a they, they go towards a crescendo. Uh, yeah, it was always the the Bible was always going to be in there, the Old Testament. And reading reading through that, I, I there are some absolutely fantastic beautiful passages in there. Some of them I used directly, some of them I kind of twisted to my own purposes. Some bits I I invented which sounded biblical but but were actually just original. But yeah, I loved the the, the language in that book. And and of course the, there's also a lot of Shakespeare in there as well. And the two were written not that far apart I mean, in terms of the the translation, the English translation of the Bible. So yeah, it's got that kind of I suppose what is it, seventeenth century English feel to it in a way. But it's also a book set in the future. And Finn's voice is a kind of a kind of reinvented language in a way. So that was mm-hmm. enjoyable to us as well.
0: And Alice's language, as you say, Shakespeare Shakespeare has been one of her few, the few books that she's got on this on this island. She's got Shakespeare and the Bible and some fairy tales. How did you? Because it's obviously quite dangerous, isn't it, for a writer to to think, well, I'm going to I'm going to expropriate Shakespeare and embed Shakespearean language into my text. How did you um? How did you set about that? Did you immerse yourself in Shakespeare, or was it things from your own memory that were sort of coming back as you as you sat down and and wrote?
1: No, I read I read a lot. I mean, I spent a summer reading, not the complete works, but a lot of a lot of his plays i mean I, a lot of them I'd read before and they're, they're, certainly the tempest and um king lear and and various others i i reread kind of deliberately looking for for quotations that would fit in with the story that I was writing and you know possibly it was a dangerous thing to do i i must admit i didn't really worry about it I just kind of thought it would work and and you know trusted that it would Maybe perhaps some people find that it find that it doesn't but um I, I was happy with the with the effect of it mm-hmm. so
0: I mentioned rage was one of the things that stood out for me in the book, and one of the other things was was burgeoning desire because Alice is she's 160 moons, which I think it makes her just about 14. Is that right? If I've done the divisions uh, I, correctly, I, I don't know offhand. <clears throat> I think she's, she's younger than that, but, but um, so she's something like that. And part of the book is is about her sexual awakening, and she you, you use both the Shakespearean language and her her more sort of everyday language. Um, how did you how did you think yourself into the the head of a of a a pubescent uh, girl? Um, <laughs> I don't know the answer to that to be honest I,
1: I don't mean I, there's no kind of uh, actor like um, what, what do they call it method acting I, was, I wasn't there's no kind of regression into another a being or anything I just I just type it or write and, and, and I'm in the head of the person that I'm, I'm writing in. Uh, and it's true with the book I'm writing there you know there are kind of six or seven different voices and each one's got its own diction its own rhythms the sentences have got their own rhythms and and you know, when I write them, I hear the voice in my head, and again, it just kind of writes itself. It wasn't, it wasn't something that took a long time to, to to find, I don't think.
0: I was sort of trying to think about what what was the key to the the character of of Ben, the the father in the book. And there's a there's a the quote that I marked down, which is "Fear makes a person more malleable." He says that in one of his, one of his sort of reflective moments, and it seemed to me that that he was using fear in order to to control this little this little. World that he he's created by sort of setting up imaginary barriers around his children,
1: yes, but I mean also ben is is extremely full of fear. I mean, i I think that is the predominant emotion, even more so than anger, I think really the anger the anger comes from the fear. the, the whole book is written his his parts are all written with the desperate fear of what is going to happen, which he knows almost certainly will happen. i mean the 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 recurring line from the Bible is um the thing that I feared is is come upon me, and it's kind of you know that that is his obsession. So fear is his world in a way, and I, I, yes, he knows mm. how to to use it as well. But I think it, it mostly it consumes him really. Mm.
0: Can you say a little bit about about where those fears come from in his case, without giving away too much about the plot of the book?
1: Sure. Yeah. I mean, the, it begins on on an island, and it begins with Ben climbing to the top of a very tall tree and seeing out on the ocean a dark mark which is another human being coming towards their island. Ben's fear is that that this person is coming from what he calls the before world which is basically the the world before the flood and which to, to Ben who's who sees himself as a sort of second Noah that that world is contaminated that world is 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 Babylon his fear is that this person will bring the the lies, as he sees it, and the contamination of Babylon and infect his children.
0: You're based in southern France, and I wondered because nature is is very subtly evoked, and I think in this book. And I wondered if if you could have written this book in London, or if there's something about living in the countryside and being surrounded by nature which somehow fed your imagination and, and made this book possible.
1: It's a good question. I don't know, to be honest, because I wrote my second book. About which was set in the city, when I was living in, in in rural France and hadn't been back to the city in which it was set, and in a way, not being there gives you a, a, the chance to reimagine it, and it becomes you're not describing what you're seeing in front of you; you're describing what's in your memory, and and that's for me that worked just as well. And um, yeah, I mean, I, th- I think living in nature is an inspiration. Whether, I don't, I'm not sure that. I needed to be there at the time that I was writing the book. I suppose one of the things that I'd noticed living in the countryside was was the seasons and which I hadn't noticed at all really growing up. I grew up in the suburbs and then moved to, to the city and I especially especially in England I think you know the kind of seasons they blur a lot and and I never really took a notice of spring at all it just seemed to rain all the time. Yeah I'd, I'd, spring is a sort of major event when you when you're living in a slightly less despicable climate and um, it's surrounded by nature and yeah spring was, was how the book begins it's, it's uh, Finn's sort of joy at the reawakening of, of spring
0: and your characters are aware of of nature to the extent that they portray some of their inner states by using animals and I suppose in, a, in what might be seen as sort of primitive animistic kind of way so when Ben He's got, he's got a heart condition, so when he's feeling that heart condition he feels he experiences like wasps in his chest and Finn when he's in some kind of agitated state, feels a, a blackbird in his chest or if he's feeling happy he feels a butterfly. and mm-hmm. I thought that was much more effective way of writing about nature than, than sort of describing things you know external to them you know the, because the natural world in the book is, as I say quite quite economically sketched I think. so you can you can read the book. And not really have a strong sense of the topography of the island and i i I didn't think that, that mattered because I felt that sort of the natural world had sort of kind of penetrated the, the essence of the characters,
1: yeah, I mean, I try not to over describe places when I write because um as a reader, I always find that if as soon as the the writer starts describing you know this hill goes here, and then that there's another a path and and I just can't get my head around it and i the the fewer descriptions there are the 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 more clearly I see what is being described whether that's what the author is trying to describe or not I don't think it matters really what, what matters is that you as a reader you have a clear view of it um, so I tend to, to describe things in very simple terms um, in terms of topography um, yeah with with Finn and um, the emotions his emotions are all animals um, and that was I think I was trying to I, I, I tried to think about in terms of how a child describes his emotions how a child would describe his emotions not externally what he would think about them in, internally and you know when you haven't got a name for guilt and love and necessarily you don't connect the words with the the emotions what you feel is a kind of physical um sensation and yes i think I, that what i tried to describe was what what i feel what anyone feels when they when they get angry or when they get excited and happy and and yeah ex- excitement and happiness is, is a butterfly in your chest and anger is a tiger and and fear is a is a big black bird flapping its wings mm.
0: and the animals which you do um describe in the book i think therefore stand out in sharper relief because because the the um description is economical and i really liked um, the relationship with, which Finn has with his deceased cat Snowy and also the dog the, do- the dogs dogs and books are fascinating and Goldie in this book is used you know in sort of power play between uh, the father and Will the stranger who comes to the island um, can you can you say a bit about how you how you handle those and particularly the dog I think because the, the, ca- <laughs> the cat as I say dies at the beginning of the book right? <laughs> tell me about, about um, the dog
1: you're right it's a kind of a counter of, in terms of power I think you're, and um Will the stranger who comes to the island again? It's probably not good to say too much oh. about it, but um, he he is loved by everybody on the island except the father who who worries about his his influence. And one of the the biggest betrayal, I think, for for the father is not his children, but but his dog who who sort of uh, cowers when he goes near, and and he's very happy to see Will. So yes, the the dog's um, loyalties. Uh, uh, one of the the aspects of, of the power battle that goes on in, in the second half of the novel.
0: I, I looked at the profile of you, which appeared in a Nottinghamshire newspaper, and the URL which went went with it, you know, went forward slash changed life novelist in France, and I wondered if that was if that was kind of how you saw yourself in sort of haiku form now. Um,
1: <laughs> I, I don't think anybody ever thinks about themselves in in the way that the rest of the world does, do they? But um, Yes, I suppose so. If I had to describe my life in five words, that w- those are probably more or less the words I would choose. Yes, I mean, I was a journalist for for nine years in London for the Observer, and, and it wasn't a job that I planned or intended to do at all. I, I intended to be to write novels in a kind of very vague and you know, <laughs> nineteen-year-old way when I was younger. And my, in my imagination, I was just going to travel around Southern Europe and, and bum around on beaches and, and write this book. And then I accidentally became a journalist. I sent off a, an article to a newspaper just to see if I could get it published. Okay. And they wrote back and, and phoned me back and, and asked me what I wanted to write about. So I ended up, without meaning to, becoming a, a music journalist and writing about other arts as well. And did it for, for nine years. Had three children with my wife, of course. And then at the age of thirty decided that I wanted to, to move away from England and to, to write novels, which is what I intended doing in the first place. And so yeah, I made that move beginning of two thousand and one and only from that point started writing fiction full time.
0: And was it terrifying the the day you first sat down in your farmhouse in France and thought, Okay, I'm gonna be a novelist today? Was it terrifying?
1: Yes, because I had no idea what I was doing. I mean, I, I, my, my first idea for a book, I didn't even have a book idea when I moved there, which seems insane in retrospect. But um, my first idea for a book was to, to write it from the point of view of a flea, which, again, seems not the greatest of ideas, really. And I spent, I think, two months trying to write a book from the point of view of a flea before I gave up, and then had the idea for The Republic of Trees. It, it seemed a long time when I was doing it, it seemed, it seemed to go on for about half a year, but it was actually about two months I spent writing scenes which never made the book because they were terrible. I mean, I, they had no life and and I just had no idea what I was doing. I thought because I was a journalist that I would be able to, to write fiction and it would be the same thing and discovered that all the tricks that you learn as a, a journalist, the kind of shortcuts, all work against you when you're writing a novel. And I was certainly writing the kind of novel that I wanted to write. So, yeah, I had to kind of unlearn... What I'd learned, and start again. Really, the only, the only thing I'd, I took from journalism that was useful for writing fiction was was editing, because yeah. I was a sub editor and an editor as well as a writer. And r- editing your own material is is a big part of it. I think.
0: And you you obviously thought about the look of the the words on the page quite seriously in, in this book, because the the use of punctuation, the, the way that you render things phonetically, the way you sort of intercut thoughts from from two different timelines i mean so you sort of there's a sort of visual element really to the way you're presenting the you're the right story. yeah there
1: is yeah and one of the reasons i, I wrote finn's voice phonetically was that i just thought it looked beautiful on the page and the same with alice's it, the, the use of italics and the the kind of the long paragraphs in in pa's voice where you're, you're shifting from between between the his, what he's seeing and what he's thinking and yeah I, I, again it was it was something it was the first time I'd really done that where I was kind of thinking about the page as a, as a visual object but mm. you're right that's that's definitely what it was
0: and a big challenge to any translator in the future presumably <laughs> to, to capture that Shakespearean and that biblical diction and render it in another language
1: absolutely I mean it was bought by the by the French straight away that book and my French editor loves it but I've got absolutely no idea what the translator is going to do with it I mean I'd, I'd speak quite good French and I would have no clue at all how to translate that. So I'm be really interested to read it.
0: You're a father of, of three children and Ben is a father of three children. Without making sort of crass equivalencies, do you think you, you had to be a father in order to write this book and, and put your mind, you put yourself in the the mind of someone who's got these feelings towards his children?
1: Absolutely. I mean I think that was the that was the main inspiration sounds the wrong word it was the main kind of fire at the heart of the book really if if I was going to sum up the book in in one or two words I would say it was about parental love it's about the love between the parent and the child and and the other way around as well Um, and I think yeah to to write about that you've really got to have felt it I think Mm. and obviously yeah the, the, the father has got three children more or less very similar ages to mine and he's living in a kind of very isolated place which you know Without exaggerating too much, I do live in quite a nice little place. So the the parallels are definitely there. I, I've never gone to the extremes that that it. it. but that that's true of my other books as well. You know, they're they're kind of what if books, mm. all of them really. The other two were what if books about my past, and this is a what if book about my future. And I think writing it is cathartic in the sense that you know you would never go there, in fact. But one of the things I was feeling very much before I started writing the book was. A fear and a sadness at my children losing their innocence. One of the things that I learned through writing it, the one of the things that the, one of the cathartic elements was was to accept that you know they are going to lose their innocence. It's it, it, unavoidable, and it's and it's good. It's a good thing to happen, even if it's sad in its own way, that um, it is inevitable and and you know so i've I've accepted that in a way from from through writing the book I think. Mm.
0: so you weren't in tone like that this is my island, and these are my laws. <laughs> oh, I do sometimes <laughs> after a long hard day. <laughs> you know, <yeah. laughs> the,
1: the, there are rules in any family, <laughs> and you know they're the, mm-hmm. the mine rather than the children's. But um, yeah, no, I, I have, I, I can see where that would lead. Yeah. So. <laughs>